We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're in the position of identifying the core, how we were going to move forward, make sure that we develop those players, and then re-retain those players. And that's what we've kind of been the plan and the vision and what we've been sticking to. So for me, sometimes the timing can be you know, different with different players. But what I go back to is, do we believe that this player truly wants to be here for the right reason, wants to be a Buffalo Saber, loves playing in this organization, and then do we believe that they have an opportunity to continue to get better? And obviously that was the case with Dylan and the others that we've signed as well. Head of Sabres GM Kevin Adams met with the media yesterday. We have it online, by the way. I mean, he's going to join us in a second. But if you want to listen to what he said yesterday as well, you can find that online in on-demand audio at WGR550.com. On-demand audio brought to you by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest.com. What's next is Mr. Kevin Adams joining us on the Western Hotline. Kevin, it is Howard and Jeremy. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on with us today. Yeah, no problem. Good morning, guys. How things come together, Kevin, for the Dylan Cousins deal? You know, you've got you've got uh, a bunch of long term extensions that have been signed, and I guess I just wonder the the process. Who called who first? Right? It's kind of like how'd you how'd you meet your spouse? How, how did this come together between the Sabers and Dylan Cousins? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I, I mean, it, it goes back to a little bit of what I've been talking about for a couple of years and how we want to build this organization, which is you know draft draft well, develop our players, um, retain the players that we believe are part of our core and that truly want to be here for the right reason. So that's kind of the vision and the plan. And then as you're going along, obviously, um, you're starting to get closer to depending on where they are in their contracts and the status. And over the summer, we uh, we had a good conversation with, with Dylan's agent, Alwa, and just kind of you know, philosophically wanted to make sure we were aligned and on the same page and that that started it. But we, we kind of agreed that, you know what, this is an important time for Dylan just to come to camp, be ready to play. Um, big step for him, we thought, in terms of what he started to show last year. And um, so we kind of left it at that. I'd say maybe uh, a couple months ago or six weeks ago now, I was on a road trip, got a call from his agent, just said, you know, he's really excited about his season and where the team is and where the team's headed and how things are coming together and, you know, be open to talking about, you know, an extension and moving, moving forward. And which I'm absolutely open to. I think the most critical part for me in these things is I don't want it to become a distraction to the player. You know, it's, um, it's tricky. You can all of a sudden take your focus away from what you need to be thinking about every day and, and it can change the way you play. So we, uh, we had that conversation and then the next step was, me and Dylan um, to get together, just the two of us and talk. And 
that's an important part of how I do things. I like to make sure that, you know, I understand the agents and that's part of it. And, but I really want to make sure I'm developing relationships with all our players and there's honest communication back and forth because I can't force someone to want to be here and they can't, um, you know, just make that up. We have to be truly aligned in, in how we're seeing things. So we had a great conversation, Dylan and I, and spent, you know, some time together on a road trip and, you know, then from there we started, the process of you know the negotiation and really with this all-star break and bye week um, was the time I felt to really if we were going to move forward and get this done um, to get it done you know because of the break because of Dylan not having to completely you know be thinking about a game that night um, so that was kind of our intent and you know good on them to uh, to work at it with us and obviously we got it done. When it comes to these kind of deals Kevin I, I wonder about you know, you're, you're making a long-term bet on a player. This is true of uh, Samuelson, who got a big, long extension. You know, Tage had had a breakout season and signs a deal. And for Cousins, you know, you, you mentioned it started in the offseason in the summer and then 49 games into this year. How does the process within the organization work for your scouts, you, the scouts, the data guys, making it a decision to say this is a bet? we're comfortable making or not not even to say it's like a gamble but just you know to make this commitment to a young player it's definitely something we're seeing more of in the NHL and I wonder how the process internally with with your management team goes through okay green light this is a player to bet on yeah it's a great question Jeremy and it's uh you know these these type of decisions are not made in a vacuum and they're i mean these are these are franchise changing decisions quite honestly you know depending on how um it comes together and you know what the term of the contract and the dollar amount and what it sets you up to do you know down the road and so they're not taken lightly i promise you that so our internal process is you know obviously from my day in and day out conversations you know, I spend a lot of time with the coaching staff and just making sure I understand exactly what they're seeing and feeling and what's going on on the bench. And, you know, just so, so I'm having that dialogue on a daily basis. Then within our hockey operations department, you know, we have the pro scouting side with Jeremiah Crow, led, led by Jeremiah Crow. We have Sam Ventura on the analytics side that leads that department. And then associate general manager Jason Carmanos and uh, assistant general manager Mark Jakubowski have different day-to-day roles and responsibilities um, that are divvied up, you know, under them. So as we begin these type of um, initial discussions, you know, I ask the group, you know, to really come to me with what they see, what are, what are they, what are they thinking about? um, How does it make sense? And we make sure that we're aligned. And, and, And the example I would give you is what I like to do is compare what the analytics say, what our scouting size says, what our coaches are saying, and then personally what I'm seeing, you know, every day. And you balance all that. So you take in all the information you can, and then you obviously, you know, have a marketplace that you have to go through. Mark Jakubowski does an amazing job, you know, inside our organization of understanding the landscape and where things are at, you know, both from externally contracts around the league and then our own internal structure um, and then you go and you work at it. And then obviously you have negotiations and they can be intense at times and they're never easy and they shouldn't be. These are, these are very important decisions, both sides. I would imagine not that it makes it easier for the, the franchise, but in the, in these last couple, it's not like you are, there's a, there's a clock ticking, or at least if, if it's ticking, it's not ticking that loudly. You've, you've, you've struck these deals with lots of time before it would ever get, I think something you have to worry about. 
That would that be fair to say? Like to be proactive means that you can keep yourself in a good spot. Yeah, I think that makes sense, Jeremy. How you framed it, and I, you know, there's times where you never know how deals come together. There's certainly timing on both sides, um, but. Yeah, you're right. Like, you don't, nobody wants to be backed into a corner and, you know, feel like you're, there's just this, you have to do it by this certain time. You know, there was a little bit of an artificial, I'd say, deadline of, with Dylan of kind of coming out of this break that we wanted to wrap this up. But at the same point, if it didn't happen, we would have parked it and we would have picked it back up in the offseason, you know? So I, I do like to be proactive um, when we make decisions and we think that we're making it for the right reason. Um, I don't, I don't want to wait. Let's, let's move forward. Let's have these discussions. Let's lock up our core term with term if, if we can. And it goes back to you guys have heard me say it over and over again. If we're, if we are going to build this the right way, we need to do it with people that, you know, truly care about this organization and this community. And I, and I do believe in that wholeheartedly, um, that the fans also then understand the other side of what these people mean to them when they come watch and play every night. And I think it's very powerful. You've got, obviously, a full team to field. How many players, this is kind of a, I'm not trying to trap you here, how many players make up a core to you? Like, what? what is, if you're building around a core, six, eight, you know, you've got goalie, defense, forwards, but is there a, is there a I don't know, like a loose number that would be identified as a core? Yeah, that's it. You know what? I've never thought of it that way because I don't think there is an answer to that. And you know, then I'll and I'll explain why. Part of it is because every team is built differently, you know, and just the way where they're, you know, maybe some of their cap dollars are being spent heavier. You know, I mean, some it may be a goaltender, some it may be forward D, you know, or both. It just I don't have an exact number, but what I can tell you is you you make sure that you're flexible with that and when people have earned their way into that core you want to make sure that you're proactive and and you may you lock them up and that's that's a great thing for them and us so you know there's there's players that we we still have more work to do like you know we've obviously signed some of these players that you've mentioned already to extensions and long-term, but we have more core players um, that we believe are coming that are part of this already that we believe here. We just, whether it's where they're at in their contract or whatever the situation, you know, we're not able to do that yet, but we certainly know we have more players to go. And to me, that's the great thing. You know, the more players that we can, that I can get on the radio with you and say, Hey, this is another core piece. That's a great thing for us. So, you know, that's how we evaluate it. Kevin, what would you do? Jeremy brought up a scenario, and I wanted to ask you, since you're the guy who would have to make the decision, what would you do if you were able to identify a very valuable piece for this organization? It's not in the organization. You would trade for someone, all right? Um, Identify a valuable piece, bring them in, and then give out one of these big contracts you're giving out to your own. Is that something you would worry about? Is it something you would think about? Would you wonder how it go- do you have to care how it would go over in the room if an outsider came in and you identified them as a key piece going forward? Yes, absolutely. I mean, all of what you said is something I think about every day. And I guess, you know, the, the way I would explain that answer is part of it is where are you in the evolution of your, of your in trajectory of your team and franchise. Um, and I do believe that, you know, there's a time and place for that. You know, maybe, okay, you have your general core, to Jeremy's point, how many is that? You know, I don't know, but you have that core locked up. You feel good about where you're at. Now you're trying to round it out. And maybe there's a player that you think, man, this, this, 
this player moves the needle for us in a in a big way. Our team can handle it. Um, then maybe you're ready to make that move. But but candidly, I'll tell you, you know, I really believe in rewarding the people inside this dressing room that have that are earning it here. And you know, not to say that we won't do something, or you know, when the right time is, we won't do it. But you know, I do think you have to be careful of that. I think you have to make sure you're you're taking care of the people inside your room, um, building it the right way. And then when it's the right time, when it's the right player, then be willing to do that. And I also think the players understand that too, because at the end of the day, if a player comes in from the outside and they believe that they're the right type of person and player to help us win, um, guys will embrace it for sure. How do you handle this scenario? I'm curious. You've talked a lot about, you know, stick to the plan, don't fast forward, build sustainable success. And you look at the organization, the organization you guys have right now, you have young players here. You're identifying your core. You're locking them up. You have some very talented players in Rochester. You have some really young, talented prospects in juniors or in Europe, wherever. Um, how, at what point, Kevin, or how do you have that inner discussion of using future athletes, do you hang on to everybody, keep all your prospects, keep all your picks, or at what point does it turn to, wait a minute, I can make this team even better now, but I've got to give up some of that future, some of those future assets. How do you handle that discussion? Yeah, I think, you know, again, it goes back, it goes back to, you know, communication, collaboration, having the right conversations, whether it's with the coaches, uh, the hockey operations department, um, ownership, you know where are we in our in in that kind of evolution as i mentioned earlier um you know so i think you have to strike the balance of of looking at all those things and then trusting a little bit of your instincts and when you think the team is ready for something like that but i you know but i will say like you you have to be really really careful um just trying to make a move and fast forwarding at this at the kind of expense of the development in in you know future so um you know i don't think that's something that is unheard of by any means in a team that's close so they think hey this player is going to put us over the top you see it every you see it all the time every trade deadline i just think you have to be aware of what the cost is you know i mean that that's what it boils down to that's why you have to be in every com- <clears throat> excuse me every conversation. You have to be aware of what the marketplace is because <clears throat> when you do those analysis, if the cost is worth it, then you know and you think your team's ready for it, you'll make that move. But if it's not, um, you have to be disciplined and take the emotion out of it and just move forward. And you know the other piece of that, and you've heard me say this, I'm sure before, is you have to be careful about blocking the development of your young players. And there's a balance to that. You want to you strike a balance of, you know, the right type of people in the room that can handle situations and experience, but you also have to give your players the opportunity to learn and grow by going through, through situations, um, and that's really important. I thought one of the things you said yesterday, Kevin, that was interesting. You had mentioned something about you'd gone to Kyle Oposo, and I think you, you know, you said something about how you, I think you asked him, are, you know, do you think we're getting pushed around too much? Um, again, trade, trade deadline approaching. Um, do you think, is there an element that you would like to add to this team? Do you think it needs more grit? I don't mean a specific player, obviously, but do you think there's, there's an element, depth on defense or a piece that you think would be good to add to this team right now? Well, you know, it's. I think part of the reason I what I was explaining yesterday is is Kyle Ekposo and I 
have a great relationship. We talk all the time. We, we, you know, I have to be um, aware of what our players are feeling every day and sensing on the ice. They are the ones on the ice doing it. You know, like I can have my thoughts and opinions, but I'm crazy in this job not to have conversations, which I do every day, you know, whether that's just sitting at breakfast with players or just, you know, on the plane or having a coffee, whatever it is. I think it's really important. Now Donnie does the same thing. Uh, Donnie and I talk about it. So you're always gathering information. Um, and that's kind of what I was referring to. So, yeah, you know, when you look at these things, there's always ways you can add and improve your team. And I don't care where you are in the standings. There just, there just is. You always have opportunities to look for ways to get better. Um, will I, am I going to look at potential grit or depth on D? Yeah, those are things that we're going to talk about, but we're not going to do it, you know, at the expense of what we think, you know, hurts us down the road or anything like that. So um, the strong message that I've had from our players, especially Kyle, back to me is, no, we're a competitive group in here. We do not feel ever that we're getting intimidated or pushed around. Um, we want really good hockey players that are competitive, um, that take care of each other, and that's what – you know, they all feel we have. So, of course, we'll be open, we'll look, but I don't think it's something that I'm overly concerned about right now. How often, you're talking about your conversations with your players, how often do you get a chance to talk to the guys, the younger guys, the, the, the ones that are developing that you don't want to block their development and leave, leave an opportunity for them? Devin Levi might be one of these guys. Like, How often do you get a chance to, to talk with your prospects? Oh, yeah, good question. I, I would say... Um, in and out of regular conversation. So what I'll, what I'll explain to you on that is, like, I might go watch Devin Levi play, uh, which I did a few weeks ago, and then, you know, meet with him after the game for a little bit, have a chat, text him, you know, every couple weeks, every few weeks, just checking in, you know, just a fine line of, hey, we're here, you know, keep up the good work versus, you know, in their face or overdoing it. They have, they're on other teams. They have coaches. They need to stay focused on where they are. Um, but I do check in. You know, Matt Savoy – uh, I called him at Christmas break um, when, you know, he didn't make Team Canada, and I wanted to explain to him exactly what I thought about that and why I think it's actually a great thing for him and wanted to make sure that his head was in the right place. So uh, periodically I do, um, but I know our development staff does an amazing job led by Adam Mayer, and I read the reports every day and the communication conversations. But you guys know my style. I'm very hands-on. I have very little time for um, – you know, the old way of like, hey, you don't talk to this person or the GM sits up in his office and comes down once in a while and yells. That's just not my style. And um, I have to be myself. But, you know, I, I love talking and, and talking to our players, talking to our prospects, asking questions, finding out about their families. That's just, you know, my style. Beanpot final, huh? Monday? Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, it'll be fun. It <laughs> will be. So he, he, was, he was tremendous in the game. I don't know if you guys watched it, but. I'll be out in California, but uh, I'll be watching on my computer for sure. Yeah, championship game, the Beanpot Final, is Monday at 7.30 between Northeastern and Harvard. And Levi, of course, the goaltender for Northeastern. Yeah, you were, I mean, yesterday, when you were asked about goaltending, you were asked about goaltending in general here and in the organization and, you know, UPL and how well he's playing. You did not hide your excitement for Devin Levi. Um, why? <laughs> why? Why are you so excited about this kid? Well, you know, I think there's a combination um, of of what I've, learned being around him and watching him he is a student of the game uh he is just wired differently from most players at that age um his his capacity to take in information and learn and grow is is 
off the charts. Um, and I do believe, you know, there's a couple traits that I've seen over the years that really translate into players having future success. One is, you know, really being self-aware and really being able to dissect your game and understand your game. And he has that. And the other is curiosity. And he is a curious kid who asks questions and he's open to learning and growing. But I just see something special in this kid in terms of how he approaches his professionalism. Um, you know, I was at a game where they got beat actually, and, and he let in some goals that is rare for him. Um, it was a lopsided loss they had and not one ounce of body language pointing at your defenseman or put your arms in the air. It's just certain things that I see that's pretty rare at that age. Um, get me excited. Now we're not going to get carried away and rush him. We're just going to let him be him. And when it's the right time, it's the right time. Kevin, last thing I have for you, I wanted to do a bigger picture thing because, as you know, I think you know you guys certainly had your work cut out for you trying to turn this thing back around. Where the franchise had dipped, trying to win fans back. You know, you're seeing bigger crowds in the arena now. We had the Rasmus Dahlin letter to the fans, hey, come on back. A lot of fans, you know, are excited. This team's in a playoff race. There's a lot of reasons to feel good about where the franchise is trending right now. How do you think the job is going, so to speak? What kind of feedback are you getting in terms of winning the fans back and trying to get the building full once again? Well, you know, the, the way I guess I can judge that is um, when I leave my house and just being, <laughs> being a part of the community, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, the first uh, year and a half on the job was um, not a lot of uh, fun conversations or comments from fans and disappointed, you know, where, where we were and how are we going to turn this thing? And, you know, I'm a big believer in just being honest and just telling the truth and not hiding. And I think you saw that from me in the beginning was, Hey, where we are is, is we're going to have to change this and it's not acceptable and we're going to try to earn it every day. So now what I've sensed in our community is excitement. You know, I, I, people see me around. I'm in, I'm in restaurants and rinks, you know, and people want to come up and talk and they say, I love watching this team. I love what's happening here. I love seeing the personalities of these players. This is, this is special. I can see it building. So I, I think that people are excited. Now we know we have to just keep burning it. We have to keep getting better. We have to grow. Um, we have to do our part to make sure that our fan base trusts us um, in a way that they can come in this building and, and have a fun experience. So um, you know, and I've been talking to the business side about, you know, preparing for success. We have to make sure this is an atmosphere that's fun. The fan experience is fun when they walk in the building, you know, all of it. So I sense that it's, um, we're getting there. We mm -hmm. still aren't where we need to be. We have a long way to go, but we're going to work. We're going to keep going and, um, you know, can't wait for the time when, you know, this building is, is what I've heard before as a player and coming in here. I know what it's all about in this place and that excites me. One last one for me, Kevin. We were talking earlier about Owen Powers' um, Calder odds, like Rookie of the Year, and played a clip, Elliot Friedman, saying, you know, he's not getting the attention he should. In college, if you have a Heisman candidate, the, the school will yeah, right. kind of promote <laughs> and want the guy to win and push that. And I don't know if that ever happens on the NHL level. Like, Will, will the Sabres in any way um, try to make that happen? You know, you want your guy to get rewarded, and you obviously think he's a, a heck of a player. We all see him. I, I just don't know if that ever really happens internally in league circles where you, you know, you talk your guy up or I, I got a Howard knows this, but D'Angelo Williams yeah. was, a, was a running back at Memphis. They sent yeah. out matchbox cars to people. Car, yeah. yeah, they just it's want really cool. they want you to yeah. know his name, and I, I wonder if there's any level of that or any gamesmanship when it comes to uh, you know the NHL level. 
Well, I'll take the, I'll take the opportunity to do it right now. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a special kid uh, on and off the ice. And, you know, what's interesting is I think sometimes probably all of us, fans, myself, everybody, you forget how young he is. Um, I mean, there's there's games this year, especially when we were a little bit banged up in the back, and then he's playing 29, 29 and a half, 30 minutes and controlling the game. And, you know, his his recent scoring is just a byproduct of how well he's played. I mean, he could have multiple goals earlier in the season. The puck just didn't go in. So, I mean, I know I'm biased, but I think he has been at times dominant, which is very rare uh, for a defenseman at his age. But I guess to really answer your question, I don't know, Jeremy. It's a, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I will ask. I'm gonna when I I'm sitting in the uh, right outside the arena right now in my car here, and when I walk in, I'm gonna ask the right people because I I don't know. I've never thought about that. Um, but what I can tell you is his his plays being noticed by the players in the league and you know the the general managers and people I talk to every day that you, there's very rare that a conversation doesn't happen where they're like, wow, that kid is special. So. Um, I think I don't know who votes on it. To be honest with you, I don't even know. But um, you know, I certainly think people are aware of what type of player he is. So with power, here's what you're going to do: you're going to send out these little miniature toy buffaloes, <laughs> and with his stats and anything you wanted them to know about the kid written on the buffalo. Oh, I got a better idea. Why don't we send like six foot six, like life size posters or <laughs> whatever? It. You know, like. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I had the Michael Jordan six foot six poster, you know, that I used to measure myself every day. And maybe All that's right. what we do. So you guys are you guys are helping us on the marketing side. Keep it up. This is nice. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Oh well, you know, I absolutely despise Kansas City for obvious reasons. So I mean, I'm gonna as tough as it is to to for Philadelphia because. You know, we know how the Philly fan base can be at times, but uh, I'm going to go with Philly. We're going to watch it together as a team in California, and uh, hopefully it's a good game. All right. Good. Thank you for the time, Kevin. Thanks for coming on with us, and uh, continued success on the season. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Thank you. That is Kevin Adams with us on the Wester Hotline. They play the Sabres are home tomorrow. It is an afternoon game. Uh, I probably should check. I would assume tickets might be available. But anyway, it's a matinee game if you want to go out. Weather's not so bad this weekend, I don't think. It's a 12-30 game tomorrow. And then on a plane and out west all next week. Calgary plays. That's who they play tomorrow. They lost to the Red Wings last night, 2-1. to They did outshoot the Wings 36-17 to and lost 2-1. They've been on the road for like over a week. They were on the road last weekend, I think. They've been on, I think, some fairly decently long. See how long they've been on this trip because I'm – I remember them playing maybe in one of the New York teams about a week ago or so. Yes, and they're, they they played. Okay, yeah, it's a, Rangers, Red Wings, Sabers, Sens. Oh, it's, this is on, only the third on game on the trip, East Coast That's not trip. Bad. All right, I thought I was kind of hoping it was the back end of maybe a seven game swing or something like that, and they'd be exhausted. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us. Okay, so when we get back, Jeremy and Joe like to do these wagers. With celebrities shown on NFL telecasts, I've got some nominees from the prop bets. There's a whole bunch of, a handful of names, I should say, of famous Eagles fans, celebrities, famous Chiefs fans, who might be on the telecast. We'll run them by you guys and see what you think. You can grab a line and join us too, 803-0550-WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Happy Friday. Bolt yourself down. It's windy. You ready to embrace debate? Let's embrace debate for a moment. ESPN, get up. Right now, the question they're debating is, is Patrick Mahomes the only reason the Chiefs can win on Sunday? Sure. I mean, starting quarterback. That's not the one I want to get to. Okay. I'm just trying to think. I I think I know why what they're shooting for with this, but go ahead. I like, because the Eagles because can the Eagles, win. Right. The Eagles have a dominant defense. they got a great running attack. So if Hurts doesn't have a super day, the Eagles can still win the football game because yes. of Casey's defense isn't great. No. The Eagles have a top five offense and defense. Yeah. They can win multiple ways. Okay. Yeah. But here's the one I saw maybe a half hour ago that I just... Ready? Are the Eagles on the brink of a dynasty? Oh, my God. They haven't even won the freaking Super Bowl. If they, if they win on Sunday, are they on the brink of a dynasty? No. Can we can we slow down the dynasty <laughs> stuff? They haven't even won the first one. I just, I mean, yeah, I feel like let's – how about a team wins a championship and is then in a second championship game or round? Then you want to talk about, hey, if they win, that's two – Where's the Chiefs' dynasty? Talk? I was say, Are they discussing it, if the Chiefs win? It's a dynasty, or is e- it already a dynasty? Right. If the Eagles win, they're behind the Chiefs' current dynasty. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs have been to three Super Bowls, one win. None of it's a dynasty. You yeah. haven't even won the first one. They're talking dynasty. There's two things over the years that have, we've gotten out of control in our business in sports media. One was finding the next great whatever. As soon as someone's really good. I always think about Rory McIlroy or Jordan Spieth. The next Tiger. You know, uh, well, McDavid is actually, you know, the next Gretzky. And LeBron was the next Jordan. Now, it's funny. I did think about that. When he passed Kareem the other night, I did flash back to all the hype when he was playing high school ball in Akron. He's on ESPN. He lived up to it. Exactly. And I thought, well, I guess everybody was right when they were telling (laughs) us how great this kid in in Akron's going to be. So I do think there's, generally speaking, we're always rushing too quickly into finding the next greatest ever in each sport so let's calm down and the other thing is we're so quick to i mean dynasties okay i'm gonna pull out the old man card when i was growing up as a sports fan you had to win like three or four champ three champions in a row two wouldn't even do it because you know i mean the canadians won four stanley cups in the 70s in a row you had to win more than two to get to the dynasty we never even thought of having a dynasty discussion before a team actually won a championship are they cons- are they saying they're a dynasty because they're throwing in the previous Super Bowl title with a different head coach? No. Okay. They're not saying no brink of a in dynasty. Five years. All right. Yeah. No. I think I feel like you've got to actually win a championship and be on the brink of a second title before you have a discussion of hey, are they a dynasty? So if the Eagles win and they're in Super Bowl fifty eight, then you can have the discussion. Right. We're in fifty seven on Sunday. Is back to back a dynasty? Shouldn't be. No. Honestly, I think I, 
What's the magic number? Three? It's got to be three. Not, out, not three in a row. Three, three out of a, four. In a short, right? Three in five years. Uh, let me think. Three, three out of Kings won two. Hawks win three. Blackhawks? Mm, yes. They won three in like five years. Fine. Three in five years makes you a dynasty. Three titles is what, hard to do. What really makes it, we always look for these mini ones. What really makes a dynasty is... 15 years. Right. Well, the like Patriots. The Penguins, like, the, like the Patriots. Yeah. Like they really were. Right. And they didn't win it every year and they didn't always win the every three out of five. But come on. I mean, from mm-hmm. 2001 to 2020, yeah. they were always there. Well, they were always there and they they multiple wins too, of course. Right. You can't just, you know, you know what? get to all these AFC championship I, games and not win some Super Bowls. I feel like if you're going to call it a dynasty, you have to have a player that you refer to as the era, like the Brady era, the Brady-Belichick era. Everybody knows what that was and what happened during that time. Pittsburgh's won how many cups with Crosby? Two? Two. Uh, Three. Three? Okay, so they qualify in this discussion. Well, they won one at the very beginning, and then two after that. Hmm. But it's the Crosby era Yes. in Pittsburgh. They have the Lemieux era, and now they have the Crosby era in Pittsburgh. And now this year, they're going to miss the playoffs and the Sabres are going to get in. Right? We hope. Well, I like the fact the Sabres have games in hand on everybody. Well, they don't have them on Pittsburgh. But they've got a truckload of games in hand on the Caps and the Panthers and the uh, Islanders, which is very promising for Buffalo. Big trip coming up. Just uh, have a little success here out west. So anyway, no, the Eagles are not on the brink of a dynasty, nor should you be having that discussion. And um, I feel like saying... You know, the Chiefs, the only reason they win is Patrick Mahomes is not exactly a surprising comment. No. Uh, Typically, I mean, if Jalen Hurts stinks on Sunday, I believe that hurts Philadelphia's chances of winning the Super Bowl. I mean, of course you're going to need, I don't know how many times a quarterback doesn't do squat in the Super Bowl and this team wins the game. Ravens? Yeah. Uh, Not the Flacco game, the Dilfer Um, game? The first Brady Super Bowl, he won the MVP. He did very, very little. The game against the Rams, that first yeah. game? Yeah, okay. that was his only passing touchdown of the postseason that year was in huh. that game. He had really? One, one passing touchdown? Pl- yes. How the heck did he win the MVP? Okay. Bl- uh, Bledsoe went in for part of one game because he got mm. knocked out against Pittsburgh. But Brady had, what was it, 162 in a touchdown. He won the MVP. Okay. Seems odd. I guess nobody else would have had. You don't, and you can't give it to anybody on defense, right? So you got to give it to the quarterback typically. 803-0550 to join us. Pizza, wings, pizza and wings. Both. I'm going to order them in about an hour Chips, so they're ready in time. Dip. All of the above. Yeah, why not? Some dessert, too. What else? A little chicken pie, some dip. pie, some cake. What are the what are the elite the elite dishes to bring? Got to have chicken wing dip. Got to have chicken wing That's dip. That's a staple. Yep. Pizza and wings. Pizza and wings. You give me pizza and wings, I'm good. I'm not greedy. As long as you have and pizza and wings, your party is okay. Don't mess around in the Super Bowl. You just go cheese and pepperoni. Cookies? You want football-shaped cookies? Ooh, a nice platter Ooh, sure. of cookies would be nice. Yep. I do need some snack food. Not chips and dips. I'm talking about cake, dessert, some kind of snack dessert. I feel like you got to keep it handheld, too, on, uh, on Super Bowl. So no, you, I don't want no cake. No plate, there. no plate with a Co- fork. Cookies. Yeah, no, I don't want no for- no silverware. Okay. So utensil-free yes, food is exactly. what you're talking about. No utensils at the Super Bowl. Well, pizza and wings works. So you're not How serving you- a big plate of lasagna to people. <laughs> How would you like <laughs> if you showed up and there was just a platter of Pop-Tarts? Goodbye. They're handhelds. Goodbye. No, thanks. You don't want Pop-Tarts? There's um, no pizza. That's it? There's no, no other food? I'm just saying as part of the snack 
Like, like the snack table has a platter of pop tarts. I mean, I'm not a pop tarts no. guy, so you're no, no. I like pop tarts. I want cookies or brownies. Okay, I was just thinking for handhelds. If we're going with utensil free, open boxes of cereal. <laughs> really? Sure, I mean handheld, right? Only if it's the chocolate donut cereal. Um, chilies, stews, your 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 pots, kind of dishes like Swedish meatballs. I don't need it. It's overkill Ooh, for the, me. The, but the Swedish meatballs is a is a good yeah is a good shout. The here. old the old toothpick in a meatball yeah. A, I'm per- into that. The perfect so you snacking s- food. I might so not you're... be in on it. Would you, did you say stew? Yeah, like make a stew. I don't want a, a Super Bowl stew. I don't think I want. You it want in on chili? That. You'll take a chili, but I not could, a stew. I could take a chili. I don't want no stews. That's, prob- that's probably Sh- right. Stew's too heavy. Are you right? serving that pregame and then pizza wings halftime, or this is all you coming just, out? Before, I mean, if you're having time. a party, you're giving people as much as you could possibly give. Them. Well, I didn't know if maybe to be a round one with appetizers and then. You get to the pizza and wings eventually, and then you're after dinner. I think your appetizers are just a an entree of dips, of yeah, all different chips and kinds. dips. Hummuses? Ta- hummuses, sure. Taco dip, chicken wing dip, pizza dip. No fruit tray? If you're having pizza, maybe not pizza Fruit dip. tray. Fruit tray for me? Yeah. Nice. Maybe some nice pears. Apples, oranges, bananas, strawberries. Lately. You're suggesting that someone bring fruit yeah. to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Of all people? I'm a big fruit tray person. Mm. I mean, I'm just a big fan pears. of pears. Howard just shows up to the Super Bowl with a with a tray of pears. What'd you bring? Hey, I brought pears. pears. That'll go over well, huh? <laughs> no, you don't think I'd be the more most popular guy at the party if uh, I walked in with a tray of pears? Not be touched. So cans of peaches? No. All right. All right. I owe you celebrities, so we'll do that when we get back. We have some some famous Chiefs fans and some famous Eagles fans to see uh, who might pop up on the telecast on Sunday. That's coming up in a moment on WGR. Yeah, Jackson is a is a cold blooded man, man. That boy is uh, just a call. We call him the natural. We call yeah. him the natural. He's got hands. He's got he's got feet. He'll throw you by. He'll make you miss. You know, he'll he'll do the laundry for you. You know, <laughs> boy. That's Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year. Speaking of Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is going to be available in this year's draft, JSN. I like that better than Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'll just botch that name. There you go, JSN. JSN is fine. It's you know like, we're like UPL. Uh, we're we're scouting him on the uh, the great oh, white yeah? the is great he... white snarks. Yeah, scouting him, looking at uh, future uh, Bill JSN. By future way. Bill Jackson Smith and Jigba. Future Bill, one of many receivers you've called future Bills. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now Garrett Wilson is a former future Bill, who is scouted but just yes. not acquired. Former future Bill, future Bills receiver Tyler Scott. What, the, what is train. that I hear? Yeah. Is, is that the wide receiver train coming around oh. the bend? Seems to be getting closer. So, Wednesday. I've got bad news for everybody. Maybe for me more than anything. Wednesday, we talked to Joe Marino of the Draft mm-hmm. Network, the Locked on Bills podcast, and talked a little bit about, you know, a lot about Tremaine Edmonds. If you missed that, you know, Joe's breakdown of the importance that Tremaine is to this mm-hmm. defense, to how important he is, and how if they were to move on from him, they might have to kind. They might have to fundamentally change what they do. He's, wow. His skill set is that unique, mm-hmm. and right. they, they value him that much. But anyway, we got on to other things, and we started talking about a receiver that he mentioned. We might have talked about Tyler Scott two weeks ago, not even this week. Anyway, Tyler Scott's a receiver from Cincinnati, and you know Joe tweeted something about him. I went and looked at his highlights. I'm like, all right, you know me, the scout. Yeah, yeah I, I like, the scout means you find like two minutes on YouTube and go, yeah. I love this guy. I'm in love with Tyler Scott. <laughs> so I like, I like this idea. I like this idea. And I search a profile of him. And there it is, the Draft Network. 
and I'm reading the prospect profile written by Joe at the yeah. Draft Network. Yeah. So Joe time. wrote the the, the pro- prospect profile on Tyler, Tyler Scott, and I'm reading it, and I get to the magic words that mean I'm ready to. I'm on one knee. I'm 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 committed to Tyler Scott. Comp his player comparison. Tyler Lockett. That's exactly what I want the mm. Bills to get. All right. So that's Egg. your guy. I have it's you're not supposed to be sold on a player before the draft coverage even starts. Yeah, but, usually you wait till right before the draft <laughs> and then you trump this guy's candidate. Like you really go and say, Let's get Tyler Scott. Yeah, I mean so I, it's so, so this, this is, early, man. This is t- February tenth. This is terrible. What am I gonna do for ten weeks? You could do more homework on other guys. Just do a little research on some of the other guys. Maybe Joe has some. But I uh, but I, I already want this one. What about getting two receivers? Okay. First round and second round. Anyway, I mean, they've tried two defensive ends before. They did do. Why that. not do two receivers? Back to back defensive ends, first and second round. Joe, want to peg the? Forget it. Don't even worry about it. What are the odds of? Never would be the odds of back to back receivers. In the anyway, well, wide receiver train. What's that I hear? Get on. I the, think that's the back to back wide receiver <laughs> train right there. <laughs> one pulled out of the station. The other one came right in. Huh? Right behind it. Yeah. Get on board. Well, to this, Joe and I were talking about this yesterday, last night. Um, what kind of weapon do you want at receiver? I just don't want the crafty slot guy. I want to. Shakir showed a little bit of this. I think he threw Allen threw deep to Shakir over the top. Right, that's what makes Shakir different than what Beasley was. Beasley right. never went down the field. No, he and, was in the middle of the field. You know, if you're thinking man. about what they're going to do at, at slot and think, well, could they bring Beasley back? I don't think oh, it's. I don't think, they would do I don't think so. No, I'm not trying to tell you he's worthless. He was important to what they did for a long time. I just want the offense to have a slot receiver that can do ever, that can go over the top. Yeah, just find another guy who did what Beasley did. You don't have to actually do be, bring Beasley to do that. You could find somebody to be the next yeah. piece and in that. Crowder and Beasley and McKenzie really are all a bit not like this. Right. So speed slot, top you know top off slot whatever, um, yards after catch slot, yards after catch can go outside slot. Maybe is that maybe, still going to be a thing? What's that? Yards, yards after, after catch? catch? Yes, because I saw a stat the other day. The Bills actually had fewer yards after catch this past season than they did the year before. Yeah. So they emphasize yards after catch and yet had fewer yards after catch. How'd that happen? It's still a thing. Great. How do we start talking about this? Oh, Garrett Wilson, that's why. And, and Jackson J- Smith and, and Jigba. JSN, yeah, Jordan JSN. Addison, Josh Downs. A lot of future bills. That's okay. One name, Nate was tweeting about this. What do you think about this that I don't want any part of is Keenan Allen. Yeah, if they ca- uh, they might cut him for cap purposes. Too old, too expensive, yeah, too, too slow. get a young guy. Too slow. Yeah, get a young guy, bring him in. I also reserve the right to say any receiver I don't want any part of, if the Bills sign him, it's fine because they need receivers. So... If they were to bring in anybody, maybe Thielen is a cap casualty. I saw. He said he thought uh, he said uh, they got to do something about his sure. contract. Then maybe he could be cut. I'll welcome all receivers to this team. He could, bring, he, he could be the next uh, after Sa- Sanders, Crowder, Thielen. You just you know right, bring in a veteran guy on a short term deal. But you still have to dra- make a priority of drafting a guy who's going to come in, a young receiver, and make an impact next season. Tyler Scott. Please. Not just a guy. Tyler Scott. That's what we're going for. All right. I'm going to put the name in my book. I like that guy. 803-0550 to join us as, uh, well, I still owe you the, we never did the famous. Celebrities. Celebrities. So I keep that's, hi- that's hijacking the show. Yeah, that, that's actually your fault. I mean, it's not my memory going south. So we'll have that coming up in the next hour as well. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And in the next hour, we'll give away a pair of tickets for the um, 
Brian Adams concert coming up at KeyBank Center. So stay tuned for your chance to win. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.